I'm your host, Beth Brandon, and today we're going to talk about verification. Super exciting. I know how much everyone loves financial aid and the FAFSA. Um, But today we're going to break down, I feel like, uh, a lesser known piece of the FAFSA. Um, And so to do that, I'm going to be fully honest, I've, I've gotten some trainings from an organization a nonprofit called You Aspire, um, and they're kind of based out of the Boston and Bay Area, and they do a ton to help students um, understand, figure out, and successfully complete their financial aid steps um, as a way to help them attend and then succeed while they're in college. You know, that financial aid piece, they've got that understanding, that piece is taken care of, it's kind of out of the way, and so it helps them to kind of move forward with those other educational issues. So, today with some help from them, um, we're going to talk about verification. I'm also going to burn my mouth on some some hot green tea. Um, So what is verification, right? Essentially, it is a process uh, used by the government and then also the higher education institutions, whether that's a community college, private four-year, public four-year, trade school. Any school that's going to use financial aid and uh, receive aid from the federal government is going to do a verification check at some point. Does it mean it's going to be you? No. Every year, um, the government has like a certain number that the colleges and universities are going to be required to do. Usually, I think it's a percentage of students that are coming in or returning. And uh, some students are going to have to do verification every year. I didn't have to do verification once in the, the six years that I went to, to college, both in grad school and in undergrad. I I will say um, there's a possibility that, that you could get verified all four years. Um, it doesn't mean that you've, you've done something wrong, okay? Um, sometimes it does. Maybe you've entered something incorrectly. I think that the biggest thing to keep in mind when um, you're selected for verica- verification uh, is... Um, something maybe wasn't entered correctly, you didn't enter in enough information, um, or they're just double-checking on things um, because something's popped up in, in, in the flags that they have for their institution or that the government has given them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it's kind of hazy. We don't exactly know how it works, but um, I, I would say that's like the biggest gist of like what it is. Um, so I think... A very brief overview of the process that you're going to go through to get through verification is um, you'll get kind of an alert, whether that is mail, email, or it's just on your portal through your school. You're going to get an alert um, that your financial aid uh, isn't finished. Um, That's the biggest thing. If you don't complete verification, you haven't finished the FAFSA process, you won't get any financial aid. So you want to be making sure that you're keeping an eye out for this verification stuff, okay? So you've got maybe some sort of notification, an alert. It's on that portal. You've gotten a letter. You've gotten an email. Usually what's going to happen after that is they're going to either give you a link to download some forms. Maybe they sent those forms in the mail. 
Um, maybe they just send you to the financial aid webpage and you have to find them on your own. Um, definitely it's okay to call the financial aid office and help ask for help uh, to navigate that. Um, someone is bumping as they're driving by. Um, it's okay to, to ask for that help to make sure you're getting the right forms. Um, it's a tricky process, and like I said, you won't get those funds until you get the verification process completed. So it's, it's definitely a good and important thing to walk up and say, or to call. Go to your college advisor, go to your counselor, whoever it is. Go to that trusted adult that you have and say, well, I'm not sure that I'm doing this right, and I want help. Because it's very important. So let's jump in a little bit um, more focused in on, on what you might need to provide. And then how you can get ready. So let's start with how you can get ready first. Makes a little more sense. So like I said, keep an eye on your email, your mailbox. Um, and, and I think the big one and the trickiest one is that college portal. So in your acceptance letter, they probably gave you a username and password. And that's going to be how you log into your your college portal. Um, everyone does it a little bit differently, right? So so WMU, that that. Um, Bronco net ID and password that you're gonna get um, those are gonna be what you use to log in um, with U of M because there's kind of a multi-process thing sometimes you have your very early application login stuff that you're gonna be using to check out those documents and then once you've fully enrolled paid that deposit um, you might get a different username password um, and every school is gonna do that a little bit differently and so um, if you are you know trying to figure out that financial aid situation with more than one college Really, really check those portals and check your financial aid status. Um, see if you can see an award letter in there. See if it says your financial aid is incomplete. Um, and, and then just make sure that you're checking up on that. And like I said, it's okay to call and ask questions. It's 120% okay to call and ask questions um, and, and have your questions be like, this is what my portal says. I'm lost. Can you explain it to me? Because... When you've gotten your SAR, your student aid report back from the FAFSA, like automatically your mind clicks to, I'm done. I've got it all done. I'm set. Um, but then to see something that says like, no, actually it's incomplete. You're wrong. Um, it's a little disconcerting, right? And so I think it's, it's okay to ask the colleges to really kind of explain themselves. Like, what do you mean? What, why is this incomplete? Um, and getting that bigger picture is going to help you be prepared for the forms that you're going to need, how to fill them out, and then what you might need next year um, when you maybe don't have uh, parents or family or, or um, high school folks at home. So whether it's, again, a college advisor, a counselor, a trusted teacher, a coach, um, they might not be with you that second year as you're going through this process. And so I'd say reach out and make those connections now. Maybe you remember the name of the person you talked to at the financial aid office and you go back to them, they remember you, and you create that connection on campus where you know right away you have that one person, this is my financial aid guru. So I think that's a great idea to give them a call, double check on things. Um, so if, if you have reported uh, one of your parents or both of your parents, um, make sure that they know that their information will probably be required for the verification um, and yours will as well so if you use the IRS data retrieval tool or the IRS DRT um, that's gonna make your process a whole lot easier a lot of times schools will have the options um, if you use that you won't have to order a tax transcript um, and so that is fantastic um, 
some private schools or um, like U of M actually requires a CSS pro, uh, profile, and that is to help you get other sources of funding besides federal aid, so extra scholarships, grants, loans, etc. Um, that CSS profile might also um, get flagged for a verification, uh, and that's going to be called an IDOC, I-D-O-C. Um, and so again, you want to log into the idoc.collegeboard.org to double check if you've done a CSS profile to double check if you've been flagged for verification. But um, the stuff that you're gonna need to provide is gonna be on there. Um, and then you need to start collecting the documents, right, that you're gonna have to provide. But what are they? Ooh, okay, so you didn't do the IRS data retrieval tool, that's okay. You're gonna have to order a, a copy of your tax transcript. So it's a lot easier for parents than it is for high school students because um, they probably have a credit card, maybe they've taken out a mortgage. They can utilize those things to kind of double check, right, their, their background and make sure they are who they say they are on the irs.gov website. Um, I'm going to say website right here, and I'm going to say a bunch of words, and I'm going to go through it. So irs.gov, G-O-V, slash individuals, slash get hyphen transcript. That's the website that you're going to use to order those tax return transcripts. Also, um, that same form, say you didn't file taxes in, in 2018 or 2017, excuse me, in 2017 because you didn't work in 2017. Fair enough. Um, and they, but they need to see that and they need verification of that. That same form that you use to get those tax transcripts online, um, you'd want to fax it in or mail it in. Um, that form, you're going to use the same one to, to get a, a verification of non-filing. So that's what you would need to prove um, that you didn't file taxes in 2017. A little wild, but it is the way that it is. So um, you might also need a copy of the tax return, NW2, that you utilize to put information in. Um, you should already have those. You could just make a copy. Again, you and parents. This applies to both. Um, right, what I said with the IRS verification of non-filing letter, you can, um, get that on the IRS website. It's, it's called a form, you know what, let me back check this. Um, there's a specific form that you want, and, um, I want to tell you what it is. Alright, so... As I'm looking for this, I'm just going to explain a little bit about what a verification of non-filing letter is. It's basically just providing proof um, that the IRS doesn't have record that you filed a 1040, 1040A, or 1040EZ um, for the year that you required. Um, it doesn't say whether you were required to file or not. It just is backing you up, um, saying that you didn't do it. Um, and the form that you're going to need to use would be a 2019, this is the year that we're in, um, it should say like something something 2019 in the corner, but the form is form 4506T. Um, and say for some reason you need to go back longer than three years, you're going to use that 4506T. Here's the tricky thing, um, you can do that online, you can do the verification of non-filing online, um, you can do the tax transcript online. Um, if, if you don't have a credit card or a mortgage, etc., etc., and you don't have a way to prove that you are who you are, you, you're going to have to use that, that 4506T form. 
Um, you can mail it in. I highly recommend finding a fax machine and faxing. It takes a long time to get processed as is, and adding that extra mailing time on your side is a bear. So I would recommend connecting again, counselor, teacher, college advisor, coach, uh, trusted mentor at the high school, your principal, whatever it takes, have them help you fax that. Um, if your parents want to fax it, you have a fax machine at home and they want to fax it at work, whatever that's going to look like. Um, but I think that would be the best way to go. Um, and then sometimes they're going to ask for other documents. So I think one thing that I, I've seen um, at Port Huron when, when I was there, um, we are so close to Canada. Um, sometimes there was some citizenship issues and so they had to bring like their passport um, or different things like that. So it's always a good idea to have your social security card, um, license, passport, things that you might need to prove you are who you say you are, um, which feels a little wild uh, on how secure right the FSA ID is and, and how many different backup checks they do. Um, but they just want to make sure that no one's utilizing your information um, and, and that there's no fraud or, or no one's taking advantage um, of the, the financial aid system and maybe taking money away from, from students who really deserve it, right? So um, while it is a whole lot of extra work, I think it's some extra work that in the long run, even if it creates uh, some stress and headache on your end, um, might help things be a little bit more fair in the long run too. So um, you might have something called the V1 dependent sheet or you know something independent uh, student. And so that's going to kind of talk about um, your information and what they're trying to verify. So that sheet is going to have all the questions that you need to answer to get through the process, and it's going to list what documents you need to. Um, and and once you fill those out, I mean, it's going to be like name. Um, if you're a dependent student, they're probably going to ask about how many family members you have in college, your parents, um, you know, where they're working, if they went to college, um, just a few questions like that. It's going to maybe ask like where you're working, where you were working 2018 just kind of filling in those blanks. Um, and then uh, I mentioned it earlier, it's called IDOC. That was pretty much it on the verification. A lot of it is really sitting down, taking the time to truly read through the, the V1, um, dependent student or independent student verification forms that you get and really trying to check all the boxes and making sure that you are in fact um, collecting everything, answering everything. Um, the, the better you follow directions I mean, to the letter, um, the faster and easier this process is going to be. So IDOC, that stands for Institutional Documentation Service, and that is for the CSS profile that's through collegeboard.org, same folks who do the SAT. Um, they work together to kind of um, pull in more scholarship donors or, or you know, grant uh, backers, things like that. So it's a nice way to do that. So IDOC can actually be used to help you provide info on both the FAFSA and the CSS CSS, just two S's, profile. Um, and and so um, if, if they do IDOC, you might technically be getting verified for both, but you only have to do the one thing. So that's kind of nice. Um, usually, if you're going to have to submit documents to IDOC, you would probably get an email by col from College Board by early February. Um, you can always, again, go to idoc.collegeboard.org to double check. Um, but 
just like a quick run through of things that you would need for that. It's very similar to the verification process. I'm at a school that maybe doesn't have the CSS profile. It might be the independent student verification statement or sheet, um, worksheet. There's going to be that independent one if you qualify as an independent student on the FAFSA. Um, copy of your federal tax return, W-2s, um, if you have miscellaneous income, 1099s, that's a bunch of tax jargon. If you're like, I do not recognize it at all, I've never seen that in my life, um, my, my thought would be that it doesn't necessarily pertain to you. Your parents might know about it though, so it's a good idea to throw out 1099 and W-2s. They seem like a real tax uh, know-it-all, which is, you know, cool for someone your age. Um, again, copy of parents, federal taxes, um, copy of parents' W-2s and 1099s. Um, and, and they say copy of, of tax return, and that might work for the CSS profile, but if you're looking at a FAFSA verification, you need the tax transcript. The return uh, and the copy of the return that you have post doing your taxes and the tax transcripts um, are two different things, and they seem very similar. They are very similar, but they are also two different things. So you're going to need to have different things for different different purposes. So the IDOC, it looks like you're using the the tax return, a copy of that, and for the verification, you need that tax transcript, unless otherwise stated by the school. Sometimes. Schools do things a little bit differently, I think, as we've talked about in admissions, financial aid, merit scholarships, um, essays, all of these different things, class sizes. All schools are different. They're all going to do things a different way. Um, and, and so staying on your toes and being as adaptable, open-minded, and as prepared as possible is what's going to kind of help that everything's kind of crazy um, transition happen. Okay. And then... Um, if you didn't file taxes, again, that non-tax filer statement, verification of non-filing, that 4506T form is going to where that's going to be. Where Wait, is that's the form you're going to use. All right. Um, you're going to upload your stuff. You can also submit it by mail. Not too terribly intense. Um, and, and I think that's pretty big um, on, like, what to do. I just want to jump back to the very beginning and talking about how you can be prepared. Um, I think looking at the student aid report can sometimes help you understand um, if you're going to be verified. Sometimes it's straight up will tell you right on there. Um, it's usually under the official EFC that... Um, estimated family contribution or expected family contribution excuse me it's expected family contribution is what the EFC stands for um, right underneath that you, it's gonna tell you federal um, verification alert and and then underneath that it might tell you if there's some potential uh, issues and um, looking at those two things first is a really really great step to know if you haven't gotten a verification letter um, if, if you might. And so again, that's that student aid report. It's called an SAR. After you finished your, your FAFSA and um, successfully it was processed and everything, you should have gotten an email back where you could log in and get a look at your SAR. If you haven't, go to FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A dot gov or FAFSA .ed .gov and um, log in with your student uh, FSA ID and password and then um, it should let you just link right into that and take a peek at it um, right through there. So um, it'll also have some next steps in there. So if you do have issues that you have to fix, it'll tell you 
um, how to do that. And um, you're literally going to go to your FAFSA page on the fafsa.ed.gov website and click on like a button that says make corrections. And then you'll go through and it should walk you through what corrections you have to make, which is nice. Um, so let's see. There are some ways um, to kind of know if, if there's some issues. So if you're looking through your, your SAR and you see something that's marked with an H, um, Go back and check that and see if any corrections need to be um, made. The thing with the H is there, there may be like assuming something to calculate something. Um, and if they did kind of assume the number or the, the thing that should go in there, that's where they're going to put the H in. And so um, if they're correct in that, cool, leave it, you're fine. But if they're not, if they're wildly off, definitely go back and, and change it and make sure that it's correct. Um, and so, you know, double checking, they might tell you specifically like, hey, um, you know, you said that this was the tax form that you used and this is not matching the information that we have. And so you'd want to go back and change it. Just some things like that. I just want to uh, give an update. The selective service match for um, folks listening to this podcast who, who um, identify as, as male, um, I think it is important to know during the, the government shutdown, the CPS central processing system wasn't able to do the um, database match with the selective service system or the draft. And so if you did get that pop up on your SAR, um, as soon as that came back up and started running, the whole thing was, okay, they're going to go through and start processing those. So if you did see that and you were kind of freaking out about it, I'd go back and check it now. It might be totally a-okay and that might be totally sorted by now. So um, that's a good thing to keep an eye out for too. Um, and then one huge thing that I, I want to talk about, um, because this, this scares me, it's the biggest thing. There's a huge difference between um, submitted and completed when it comes to the FAFSA. And sometimes it is as easy as um, you say you agree, but you don't hit the sign button. Um, so you've got everything else done, you've submitted it, but you haven't signed. Or maybe your parent hasn't signed. Um, and so just, just go back and, and log in. Um, I know it feels a little tedious. It's always, you got to log in, you got to check your stuff, but just go in, log in and double check that it says submitted and processed. That processed piece is so important because um, you can submit well, just the one, but you know, you can submit it and then just have it sit there and not have anything happened. Um, if it wasn't signed, it, it might not necessarily um, submit. And, and so that is kind of a bummer. Um, if for some reason you are filling out the FAFSA and your parents don't have a social security number, and that is okay, um, you would have to use a signature page instead of signing online. And so if you've kind of run into that issue, um, maybe try the signature page and mailing it in. Just know that that processing time is going to take a little bit longer. Um, but again, if, if, if you put in, that, put in that FAFSA into that college is the difference between in-state and out-of-state tuition. Um, make sure that you know you're doing that signature page and mailing it to the address listed um so again that 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 marked with an h if you get that on your sar go back and double check um log in and double check that everything is a okay and that it does say, say processed 
um, make sure that you are checking your mailbox, checking your email, checking your student profile or student portal um, at all of the colleges that you've applied to, um, and, and making sure that you're checking to see if your financial aid is listed or marked as incomplete, and if you have to go through any of the verification steps, because you cannot... 0% chance of that funding coming through unless you've completed all the verification steps. Seems like a lot, and I'm so sorry for that. Um, ah, these ones are never my favorite because they're not super fun. It's just me talking at you. Um, I would love to invite you, though, podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. If you have questions about any of this, Shoot me an email and I will do my uh, root and tootin' best to help you um, to help you figure out what's going on. I'm not going to lie. I've been listening to, what's that called? Old old Town Road Remix. Uh, that's where the root and tootin' came from. But seriously, it's, it's podcastcollegetalk at gmail.com. Um, shoot me an email if you have questions about verification. Again, you can always call the financial aid office. You can always reach out to a counselor, a college advisor, a librarian, um, a teacher, coach, mentor, um, pastor, whoever it is um, that that is that person for you. If it's your parents, if your parent is a financial aid officer at a university, uh, have them share their wealth of knowledge with you and your friends um, and, and definitely kind of make sure that you are, are getting all of those steps completed so that you can um, go off and, and go to college and hey, maybe one day you can be having a college talk of your own. So thank you again for sitting through these uh 26 minutes with me um, and, and, and slugging through the, the process of verification. Um, I thank you all for listening and I am excited to chat with you next time on College Talk.